Welcome to the Gun Show Podcast. You got Martin here, and we have a special guest, Andrew Sipian with Defender Outdoors. Welcome to Defender Outdoors. We're sitting in our simulation range right now. We're looking at all the little plastic uh, bullets laying on the floor from a party looks like we had this weekend, some training exercises. Uh, guys, come on out, give it a whirl. If you like getting shot without having to uh, bleed, this is the place to come and try it out. And uh, what's y'all's website? We have two websites. We have our doshooting.com, which is the range in Fort Worth. Uh, it's uh, 30 lanes, machine gun rated. The rifle range is 85 yards. All the other ranges are 25 yards, fully air conditioned, 6,000 square foot retail space, and uh, about a 12,000 square foot training center plus craft, uh, classrooms. We have a VIP. It's a very nice place to come. It's it's more of your country club style. Okay. So, you know, free Wi-Fi. We have a lot of events here. And then we have an online presence as well, and that's uh, DefenderOutdoors.com. And that's where you can buy all of your gear at discounted prices. And we have free ship to store. You can pick up here in our fourth location and also our Aubrey location. Okay. And what is it that y'all sell on the online store exactly? Guns, ammo. Uh, training supplies, AR parts, gun parts in general, camping gear, survival gear. So it's kind of your your one-stop shop. It's mm-hmm. your, your end-all, be-all if you need to, if for any of our lady listeners, if you need to purchase anything for your husband because you've got a birthday coming up or, or Christmas or anything, if you need to go ahead and start planning now, go ahead and check them out. Send them some of your love and some of your money. I'm sure they would appreciate that. And for your husbands out there, we have a full line of purses, gun concealed purses, <laughs> and they're, from what I understand, they're not truly ugly, so, uh, and it won't break your bank either, so you can, it goes both ways on our online store. So like a designer handbag um, that they could purchase for their wife for their concealed carry? Absolutely. That's what they're designed to do, so they have hidden pockets, holsters built in, they're, they're all leather. Uh, they look pretty good from what I can tell. Kind of universal then? They're, mm-hmm. they're not married to a specific gun like our, our holsters on our hips? Right. <laughs> All right, well, perfect. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into it today. Um, so, Andrew, you've been in the industry for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. And what we want to kind of find out from you is kind of the state of the industry. What's going on right now with a Trump presidency? So what, what do you see in the next four years? How do you see the industry changing? Did you see everyone kind of jumping on this Hillary bandwagon? And then what happened when that kind of fell through for everyone? On a whole, the last eight years have been really, really strong for the gun industry. Uh, President Obama was fairly known to be uh, anti-gun on the personal level. And so a lot of people had a little bit of fear, and they probably bought more guns in the last eight years. And you can look at the ATF studies to see how many background checks were completed. Uh, the numbers were astounding. And then as we got closer to the election uh, with Hillary, with all the press that everyone was seeing on all the newscasts and, and all the numbers that were flowing in, uh, the gun industry really kind of geared up for a Hillary presidency, and they were pumping out product left and right. And on the store level, you were seeing uh, record sales every single month for really the past year leading up to this election. Uh, we, as a, as a company, 
were trying to prepare just like everyone else. You know, we had more AR in stock. We had magazines coming out of our ears. And then, and at that point, we were really trying to determine, you know, what was our, you know, what was a Hillary presidency going to look like for us? We saw some, you know, sweeping gun control legislation in California mm -hmm. uh, that is going into effect. We're looking at Washington State now, looking at possible uh, assault weapon ban there, uh, New York Safe Act. You know, all those things kind of hindered the business, but it also drove business. So when we woke up on November 9th and we had a Trump presidency, a lot of people went, holy cow. Uh, the fear was gone for the first time. He ran on a very strong Second Amendment platform. And for the first time in you know, nine years or so, the gun owner didn't have to fear that his gun rights were going to be taken away. And so they really kind of stepped back in a big hurry. You know the AR, which had been you know the most popular gun sold in America for you know close to a decade, now wasn't it being threatened anymore. Mm -hmm. And people had you know five, six strip lowers, three ARs, and already in the back save you know saving them for their children. And now that market is instantly dried up overnight, leaving a lot of retailers and a lot of distributors with a lot of product. And so you're seeing right now is that. Prices have fallen, dropped, and they're not buying those guns anymore. So we've seen on our side that the industry has shifted a lot. People are buying fun guns again. They're buying guns to hunt with, to plank with, and they're accessorizing more. And we're not seeing those people go out and buy ARs because, quite frankly, I think the market is very, very saturated. And what about ammo? Because um, you kind of touched base on each one of those, and, and we'll get back to some of those points that you made. But one of the big point of contention for a lot of shooters has been ammo, at 22 even. Um, so are we going to see now not everyone so afraid, or do you think that we've already brought so many new shooters into this industry that they're going to keep trying to keep those 22s full and then maybe at some point, you know, upgrade to a little bit larger caliber, two, two, three, or even a nine millimeter handgun or something. Ammo is very strong right now. Uh, there are so many new gun owners that went out, you know, and tried their first gun or first AR or first pistol, and they liked it. Mm -hmm. You know, we were looking at uh, 25 million new gun owners, and if each one is buying a couple hundred rounds a month. That's a lot of ammo. We're talking about billions of rounds of ammo. We haven't seen uh, 22 on the distributor level really kick in on, on a major, major way. So in some markets, we're hearing that there's plenty of 22. In our area, in the DFW area, that is not true. No, it's not it's true. It's not true. It's not true at all. Um, so when I mean, I'm buying every piece of 22 I can find, and I am not getting a lot of it. Uh, center fire ammunition, I can buy by the pallet. And 22, I'm literally buying it sometimes by the box. Oh, wow. So or, if it's just an opportunity, it's just go ahead and right. get it while you can. If, yeah. If I see it, I buy it. I, I saw the other day um, on those buy-sell trades that everyone has on Facebook, I got on and somehow I ended up being in uh, shared or something uh, with a group outside of Texas. And they had 22 on there. And it was for pickup only, local pickup only. But it was cheap. I'm not seeing that that ammo we finally saw some federal 22 come in that i haven't seen in over a year like the the bulk 325 packs right oh i love those things uh, the auto match haven't seen it and, and when i did get it i got like eight bricks yeah 
and we can, you know, sell thousand, two thousand bricks a week if I had it, mm-hmm. and I'm getting eight. Because y'all are nationwide, so We're y'all nationwide. ship um, ship to anyone in the continent, continental United States. Mm-hmm. Do y'all ship to Alaska and Hawaii? Uh, no ammo to Alaska and Hawaii because it has, it has to go, go air. Okay, so that, that that's an issue there. And I think that's kind of they're probably used to that, right? right. Uh, trying to buy anything online, they understand what what will go and what won't go. Um, okay, so you said something about fun guns and hunting guns. To me, hunting guns and they're fun guns too. So any gun is a fun gun for me. So what what exactly separates a fun gun for the industry? Well, we're seeing a big rise in, in two areas. One is the precision rifle. Uh, you have Ruger that came out uh, last year with the Ruger precision rifle. And it was a lower cost entry point for the precision shooter. In the past, you had to go find a, you know, a custom manufacturer, and you would spend you know, 3000 and up for a good hand-built precision rifle. Ruger came along and kind of flipped that out on its ear and said, here's a, here's a rifle with a great barrel, a really good trigger, and a simple aluminum stock that's you know, $1,400, $1,500. Cut that price in half. And then delivered with a very accurate gun that's very user-friendly. And so then we saw the rise of the 6.5 Creedmoor, which has kind of been a favorite on the handloader side and the people who are making their own ammo. And then you have companies like Hornady who have come out with their VLD and ELD ammunition, which is match-grade ammunition out of the box so these people don't even have to reload anymore to get highly precise ammo. And then the 6.5 is an easy 1,000-yard gun. Oh, wow. And so with a good optic, you're, you've cut your entry point in half for those precision rifles. And then you have the Savage that's come out with a new BA Stealth in 6.5 and, and 308, which is very similar to the same chassis design, and it's under $1,000. So these guns that are these, these precision rifles that you're talking about, are they, they purely for the shooting enthusiast, or are they something that you know, I could take hunting, I could take, you know, take my kid out with and get the first deer, or, or what, what are we looking at with, with that? Is it really specialized and it's, it's honed for the craft of long-range shooting? They are. They're, they they're, tend to be a little heavy because it's okay. not something you want to carry around. They're going to have the 6.5 really shines with a 24-inch barrel. Okay. So it's not something you're going to want to, you know, cart across miles when you're going to go for your deer unless you're sitting in a deer stand and someone drops you off with a truck. <laughs> right. Uh, but if you want to shoot know a thousand yards and keep it under uh you know 10 inches out of the box you know here's here's a way here's a gun that you can put in your hand uh spend a good amount of money on it on an optic and still be under three thousand dollars okay in the past three thousand dollars may get you the gun to start and so that entry right. point is, is much, much less. Well, not only that, but just like you said earlier with the ammo, n- not only would I have that $3,000, $4,000 price tag, I would then have to buy reloading equipment right? just to keep feeding my, my passion and my hobby. So, okay. And then, so on the hunting guns, so if those are the separated for the long distance and long range, what are we seeing an increase? So when you say a hunting gun, I think of a 700. Right. But now you're looking at the Savage Access. Which is okay. What is that exactly? It's their new uh, polymer synthetic stock bolt action gun. That's probably uh, around three fifty MSRP. So it's low cost. It comes with an accu trigger. It's in synthetic stock. You can get it in two seventy. It's a great first rifle. Now let me let me interrupt you. I remember a, a gun that came out that was in a synthetic stock, but it was a seven ten. And we all know about the 710. So what does that compare to a 710? Like, is it 
Is it night and day difference? Well, Ruger, or not Ruger, uh, Savage is known for their barrels. So they're using the same standard barrel, the same standard action, putting a better trigger into it. And the stock is a little bit cheaper and it's not quite as you know highly polished and finished. Uh-huh. But it's a hunting gun. Right. And so it's going to get nicked and dropped and you're, you know, you're going to teach your kids how to shoot it. And this is a perfect entry point and it's, they're lightweight and they're still accurate and they'll still bring deer home every single time you go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 710, <laughs> well, the 710 was Remington's version of the, the 700 with every cost-saving point you could possibly find. Exactly. And it wasn't very well received at all. No. I shot one, and it did not feel like a 700. Even though I was promised this is going to feel like a 700, it did not feel like a 700. Um, so that's, okay. So then since we have, we kind of have an understanding of the industry uh, in a whole, how does this, for, for, the, for the consumer, is really kind of what we covered. So for manufacturers, what are we going to see happen? We've already seen a few manufacturers closing their doors. We've heard, and I still haven't seen a 100% confirmation that Silencer Co. laid off 100 employees overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are we looking at in the manufacturing side of things? Because we, we, we brought up the fact that everyone was stockpiling their strip lowers or were purchasing anything and everything that they could as fast as possible. And with the, the recession on the need for all of that equipment, are we going to see this? Is this going to be a trend for the industry now of closing their doors and, and all the ones that popped up and, and flourished and bought their yachts during the Obama industry are now gone? Well, the, the industry itself didn't have to be innovative for eight to nine years, nearly a decade. Very little new. They didn't have to spend the time with R&D to come out with something that was different for the consumer. They could crank out everything that they wanted from, you know, from old tooling and the customers were buying it as fast as they could make it. We saw even this year at SHOT Show, the very few new guns that came out, people were going crazy on them because finally there was something different. It wasn't just a different color. It wasn't a new Cerakote. Right. Um, we finally saw a couple of new guns that went over really, really uh, big, like the Hudson pistol, which is a striker fire 1911 frame 9mm pistol made here in Texas. Okay, so so just like what you're saying there, we're seeing some excitement. Over the past four years, the SHOT Show has kind of become ho-hum, mm-hmm. you know, melodramatic, nothing nothing special. So tell us, this: did you get a chance to shoot that Striker Fire 1911? I did. I shot the Hudson. Uh, it feels like a 1911. It's all steel frame. It has a, uh, a fairly good trigger on it. The safety is kind of a reverse Glock pivot trigger. So the safety portion of the trigger actually pivots on the bottom okay and then it's a straight pullback like in 1911 it shot really really well i liked it uh i think i saw some other people shot it. pat kelly who's our sponsored shooter he shot it he can't wait to get his hands on one uh they should be shipping sometime in april or may and the price point's a little high because it's a small company so we're really going to wait and see what how uh that one is received because of the price point, but it was a new gun. It was something that was fresh. It just wasn't, a, you know, a different color or you know, a different right. texture. Right. Was it a was it um, a nineteen eleven though? The grip, the grip angle, the way it felt in your hand. Was it a nineteen eleven? So if I if I pick up that nineteen eleven, 
and then I put it down and I pick up my Springfield TRP, my trigger pull is going to be different, and I understand that. But will everything else be the same? The grip, the grip angle, the grip angle is the same. It's okay. the same width, uh, but it's a double stack nine millimeter. So, who was it that made that double stack nine millimeter back in the day? Um, you mean like a pair of ordnance? Yeah, the pair of ordnance. Mm-hmm. Are, are we talking about the, the same thickness and grip? No, no. okay. No, it, it, it feels much like a standard eight round 1911. How did they do that then? Well, or can they not tell us? <laughs> I don't know. They, the little bit of voodoo. Uh, it, it feels really good in the hand. It doesn't feel like the wide frame that Paranoia Ordnance was known for. And it's Paranoia Ordnance was purchased by Remington and it's coming back. Oh, really? It's not so much as pair ordnance, but as a wide-body Remington R1. That's extremely exciting. So that should be that should be interesting. Uh, and the other thing that we saw a lot of at Shot Show this year were nine millimeter carbines. Nine. Okay, I know you've always been a fan of nine millimeter carbines mm-hmm. in in any way that you can get your hands on them. So what we're what are we seeing with that? Are we trying to see a shift in the market where they're they they've got everyone loaded down with these you know five five six uppers and magazines? So let's try to shift them into something else to 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 fight what might be happening in the industry over the next couple of years to keep their profits high. Well, we're also looking at the rise of three gunners using what we call uh, pistol carbines that have separate matches for them. So you're seeing companies like Nordic come out with uh, an AR that has replaceable magwells. You know, you push out a pin, you can put in a, your clock magazine, Beretta magazine, uh, and use it in a competition. It really kind of started with the SIG uh, MPX. Mm-hmm. So here you got a really good-looking 9mm started as a pistol, and then people SBR'd them to make short-barreled rifles, and then they came out with a carbine version of it. And, it was, you know, the price point was a little high on those because they're like 1800 and up. Mm-hmm. And then CZ kind of broke the mold and came out with their Scorpion. Right. And the Scorpion, you know, it's all polymer. Uh, magazines were inexpensive. You know, magazines are like $20. For but they, were, they, they were impossible to get a hold of. Well, we, we, had, we got a bunch of them. Oh, did you? Um, and we also got the uh, stock kits for the pistols for people to get SBRs. We got a few hundred of those in, and they went fairly quick. Okay. Uh, and that took off really, really well because you know, the SIG was a little bit pricey, and their magazines are about $65 a piece. And then you have CZ coming out with their uh, carbine and pistols that were mainly polymer uh, at around you know, 900 to to $1,000 for a carbine. Mm-hmm. And then your magazines are $20, and then you can accessorize them like crazy. And then if you're a suppressor shooter, the best part about the CZ is that you don't get any blowback in the face since the back of the receiver's sealed. Mm-hmm. And now with everyone, so many people now owning suppressors, uh, you know, that is a perfect platform. Then you go and you look at uh, Kalishnikov USA. They came out with a full-size 9mm AK. Mm-hmm. That is very cool. Uh, Zenith Firearms it has upgraded the tooling for the MP5 from H&K. And they're making those in Turkey, and those look really, really good as well. And they're, you know, a third the cost or half the cost of an MP5. So they just—what do you mean they upgraded? They got some old tooling, kind of like Taurus got with their start with the Beretta tooling, mm-hmm. and then they're kind of making very close variants of those guns. Right, and they spent them. They actually came out a couple of years ago, and they weren't well received because they were, you know, they were sloppy. 
They really were. And so they spent a, about a year, year and a half, with engineers, and they retooled the, the manufacturing process. And I think when I was talking to their rep, HK actually licenses now their copy for oh, the U.S. market. Wow. So it looks like an MP5. It operates like an MP5. All the parts are interchangeable, and it's not as expensive as, as an MP5. Now, HK did re-release the MP5 pistol. Uh, I think the cost is pretty close to $3,000. That's just not, that for, for the average shooter like me, that's not something I could go out and afford. Right. And so now you can look at a Zenith, which is a fairly close copy, a carbine, I think it retails uh, around 2000 uh-huh. So that's a little bit more reasonable, and I think as you know, the street price may be a little bit lower than that. But we'll have to wait, wait and see what kind of that happens there. And so that that nine millimeter nine millimeter AK is is already hitting the market. I haven't seen it on that from Kalishnikov USA. I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. But there are several other companies that have nine millimeter AKs, and they start uh, under five hundred dollars for the pistol version. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and venture out here and take a guess that we're going to see a lot of these companies that have kind of been dragging their feet with these new innovative ideas actually bringing them to market most likely. And I think that's what the consumer is hungry for. Absolutely. You know, a new rail. When, when the big thing at SHOT Show is a new you know, M-Lock rail from Magpul, I mean, that's not really innovative. It's, mm-hmm. you know, but if someone comes up with a totally new gun like the Hudson or these 9mm carbines that are coming out, uh, people are snatching them up because it's it's something new. They want to add to their collection. They're easy to shoot. Uh, they're great for indoors. If you're, you ever shot an, uh, an AR or AK in an indoor range, mm-hmm. the concussion gets old very, very fast. Yes. Uh, and they're not, you know, they suppress okay, but not great. They're still kind of loud. They're not really hearing safe. You can then get into a 9mm carbine with a good suppressor and subsonic ammo and never have to worry about the concussion again. Hmm. And it's cheaper. You know, you buy 50 rounds for, you know, $10 versus, you know, 20 rounds for nearly the same amount. Uh, but maybe it's one of those fun guns where mm-hmm. someone can now buy it, you know, because they're not so afraid of spending all of their extra money on an AR. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I took out a bunch of people leading up to the election and just they were trying to get anything you know they were just asking for cheap mossbergs just something to get into there and i said well you don't have to really be concerned about a mossberg but they were afraid of everything mm-hmm. they were afraid of everything and anything and then the the potential of stopping all sales of firearms at some point at least we we if not to try to just disrupt the firearm industry as a whole just for a short period of time and so i don't know where where they were coming from or what they were listening to um it wasn't us that was saying we were talking about buy now for your ars um which it, it, when you think about that everyone bet the bank on that well you also have to look at hillary you know she was out there actively saying that she would reintroduce the assault weapon band yes so you're looking at 10 round magazine capacity only no threaded barrels uh you know restriction on how many guns you could possibly buy a month you know, that to a lot of people was a warning sign of more that was yet to come. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, rightly so, had Hillary been elected, you know, we could have been looking at some really, you know, draconian gun laws. Right. You know, follow the New York Safe Act. And when they first came out, you had a seven rounds in a 10 round magazine. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that across the nation. 
No, I wouldn't, per, you right. know, personally. Sure. <laughs> um, and so some of the people that were ever on the fence, you know, they bought guns. And a lot of those people put them in their closet and probably would, you know, didn't shoot them. But let's say 25% of them did. Now we have a really strong consumer market for something that's now innovative. Uh, one of the things that we saw a really strong uptick this past couple of months, 22 conversion kits. Really? So now, you know, uh, went to 223, you know, several years ago, probably five or six years ago, 223 ammo was nearly impossible to get. And everybody was trying to get a, a 22 conversion kit for their AR. Right. And you couldn't find them. And all these manufacturers popped up and they were selling them left and right. And then they disappeared mm -hmm. uh, because you couldn't get 22 ammo anymore. Uh, but lately, when now that in some parts of the country that 22 is now coming back in, uh, we sold a large number of the CMMG Bravo kits that come with three mags. And that's what I was talking about where people are going out and, and fun guns. Because mm -hmm. now you have your AR that you can pull out of your closet and go down to your farm or go down the range and shoot 22 ammo. It's a great training aid. It's a great way to introduce someone to a, an AR platform and shoot inexpensive, low recoiling, low noise 22. And I'm a big su suppressor fan. Mm -hmm. And you put a so good suppressor on a 22 AR with subsonic ammo, and it is absolutely a blast. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a huge proponent of CMMG. I've mm -hmm. shot them forever. I've dedicated 22 rifles uh, and the conversion kits as well. Um, and so <clears throat> I guess the, the next thing that I'm trying to, to piece together with, with what is happening as a total in the industry is the fact that no one's scared anymore. Everyone is perfectly content. We're looking at the potential of having some new cutting edge technologies that actually hit the market. But what about these little retailers, these mom and pop shops that let's just, I mean, they're probably going to be shutting their doors. You know, I think you're probably right. The, their biggest driver was fear. And so they had always had people trying to find a place to buy a gun soon, quickly, before the election, before, you know, either one of the uh, Obama terms, uh, definitely before the Hillary term. Well, well now that's gone. And I think uh, a lot of the smaller stores that were really built on that fear, uh, is gonna, they're going to have a struggle in this business for the next year or so. And I think you're going to see a lot of fallout. The companies that will survive will probably be the companies that are vertically integrated. They're going to have gunsmithing. They're going to have a range. They're going to have a web presence. And they're going to start expanding their product lines. You'll see a lot, I think, more stores carrying hunting gear, hunting clothing, outdoor and general gear, uh, everything from coolers like Yeti and Pelican to high-end uh, hunting clothing, uh, First Light, 511. Those brands will help those stores survive and then branch out into just general outdoor gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be totally shooting related. Not tactical anymore. It doesn't have to be married to tactical only. Right. Um, you know, young men like to be tactical and, you know, they love the, the tools of the trade and you have a lot of servicemen coming back and they want to have the same type of gear that they had in the military and that's what they were buying. But you're also seeing people that have families and that maybe discover that shooting is fun. So they're buying their little chipmunk rifles mm -hmm. and conversion kits for their Glocks that now shoot 22 mm -hmm. and they're using that as a, a time that they can spend with their families mm -hmm. and then you still have the strong self-defense market so 
pistol sales have not slowed down. No. We're still seeing okay. uh, a strong, uh, strong sales in handguns and handgun ammunition and training. Uh, at Defender, we probably run uh, 20 different courses a month, everything from concealed carry to advanced training, uh, and they're very, very popular. So we're seeing more people get their carry permits, uh, whether they're looking at either rising crime or they're that first-time gun owner mm-hmm. and they want to learn how to shoot. Yeah. And then they like it. And then, then they're hooked into a hobby, and then they can expand on that, and they bring their friends in. Uh, shotgun sports, really starting to take off again. Uh, and those shotguns aren't necessarily cheap, but if you've been to a shotgun range lately for sporting clays or five stand, they're packed. Uh, you see a lot more benefit shoots from different organizations. You could probably shoot one to two benefits during the spring and summer every week. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing you know, three, 400 people show up for a shotgun event. For a sporting wow. clays event, just for shotgun, just for shotgun. not three gun, not anything, just just shotgun sure. only. Right. I mean, we went through fifty cases of shotgun shells online in a week. Wow. We put some on sale and it, and it was gone. Uh, and are these people that are showing up? Are they just showing up with their eight seventies, their Mossberg five hundreds, and they're standing next to the guys with the five thousand dollar Caesar Garinis, or how is that going down? Well, it's it's interesting because people will show up the first time with their, their pump shotgun, their 870 and their Mossberg 500s. And if they like it and they get hooked, uh, they start upgrading. And, they, and it's a pretty, if the more they like it, it's a pretty fast curve. You know, they're going to go from an 870 to an 1100. Right. And then from the 1100, they may go into a Benelli Super Sport. And from that Benelli Super Sport, they're going to go into a Beretta over and under and then from there if they're still hooked and there's a good portion that are then we're looking at you know multi-barrel sets they're going to go shoot 410 and 20 gauges and they're going to buy certain shotguns for different sports and then you're going to if they you know truly get into the sport then we're looking at the guys who are going out and buying the Kohlers and the Zolis on top of that so you know it'll go from your standard you know $300 shotgun to your five six thousand dollar shotgun in two years yeah and you know i see i'm a big shotgun guy Uh so i go out every week and almost every time i go out there's first timers out there and they shotgun shells or shotgun shooters go through a lot of ammo it is you know you may go shoot 100 rounds of pistol ammo uh in a month but shotgun guys will go through one to 200 rounds a week every week and it's a sport based on consistency. Uh-huh. And, and if you want to be good at it, you have to do it. It's all a lot of muscle memory. So these guys go through a lot of shotguns, a lot of shotgun shells. Uh, and they're always looking for that perfect one, kind of like golf clubs. Uh-huh. You, know, right. <laughs> you, you know, you're always looking for that better driver for that one extra stroke. Well, clay shooters are the same way. And they'll do, you know, they'll shoot a shotgun for a couple of months and they'll see someone else has something new or uh, something will catch their eye. And they'll switch until they find one that absolutely fits them to a T. And then they may stay with that one shotgun for, you know, for life. But if that's the case, then you're looking at guys who are going through, you know, cases of ammo every weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, when in the spring and fall, you know, I'll probably go through uh, three, 4,000 rounds in a month. I'll shoot twice a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're seeing people buying higher-end shotguns. Uh, we just ran a sale and we sold all of our... Uh, Breda uh, A400s in 28 gauge. 
in a month. 28 gauge, that's interesting. Yeah. Is, it, uh, is that a popular um, skeet shooting or? It's a popular round all the way around. It is uh, low recoil uh-huh. and it packs a good portion of shot. It's, you know, a 410 that has, you know, a half ounce of shot in it. Uh, standard 28 gauge loads has three quarters of an ounce. Your 20 gauge has seven eighths of an ounce, and then your uh, sporting clay loads for shotgun have one ounce. So you're only looking at 25% less shot in a mm-hmm. 28 gauge, and like 60% less recoil. Versus the 410, which you said is about 75% less. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and 410s, if you're shooting, if you're shooting really well with a 410, uh, you have a lot of time. You want to shake his hand. You want to shake his hand. But you know. It, People are shooting up more. We're seeing it. If you go to your local public gun range every weekend, it's busy. Uh-huh. It's very, very busy. And we're seeing, you know, more ranges show up, especially in this area. Uh, you know, five years ago, there was like two ranges in this area. Right, yeah. You know, you had uh, one south of town, one north of town, and that was it. And now, uh, around my house, I think I counted them up, there's five ranges within 30 minutes of my house. That's kind of unheard of. Right. I mean, I can go out to 1,200 yards uh, long distance, you know, 30 minutes one way. Uh, I have three sporting clay places I can go shoot within 30 minutes. I have, I think, five indoor ranges all around this area. Well, and not to mention you're you're lucky enough to come into a place where on your lunch break you can just stroll down the hall and, you know, take a couple of rounds. Lunch break, coffee break. Yeah, you know, well, you know, whatever it Coke is. Break, you know. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, I don't take advantage of it as much as I should. Yeah. I know I've been here almost, uh, we've been, this location's been open for a year. We're okay. just getting ready to celebrate our, our one-year anniversary here. And I think I've shot here maybe three times. It's kind of like that because you're here, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't, you don't know what you might be missing. Right. It's, uh, it's like all of a sudden, you know, whenever you, you get busy or you, you're no longer at the same location. Mm-hmm. It's it's like everything is going to come to head, and you're going to go, "Why did I not shoot every single day?" Right when I was there, and you know, it's 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 still work. You know, we right here, you know, early in the morning, we leave, you know, late in the afternoon, and we, you know, a lot of us have families and wives at home that we need to get to, or friends we want to do after work, and you know, we work in the back of the building, so there are times I never see the range. Oh, okay, yeah. You, know, you never go out front. You're you're the guy that comes in in the shadows and leaves in the shadows. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're not the one that goes through the front door and is 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 meeting face to face. You're you're pushing the the back of the agenda forward to ensure that the company is stable and and pushing forward. So I understand that completely. Um, and with that comes stress, and stress relief is is found on the range a lot of times. <laughs> Well, uh, and that, you know, if, if anyone's ever gone shooting just for, for fun, you know, it, it takes concentration. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun activity, and it clears your mind mm-hmm. from all, you know, the stresses of work and, and things like that. So uh, that's always a great plus. We see that people come on their lunch hour here a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have, you know, happy hour Fridays where, you, you know, you can get a $10 mag of a machine gun mm-hmm. uh, for, in our 9 millimeter line. And, you know, you see people shoot the machine gun for the first time, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, so what, you just pay 10 bucks, and is there a cost to rent the gun? Uh, that includes the cost of the gun. So it's, it's like, 10 bucks, you get a whole mag, like uh, 26 like rounds? 20, 20 rounds out oh, okay. of a 9 millimeter machine gun. Oh, that's still worth it. Yeah. I mean, so it's... How many times do you get to go shoot an MP5, or I think we have a, a couple other, an Uzi? Uh-huh. Um, 
and that's you know you can you can burn through a lot of money really quick, but the smile it puts on your face is it's pretty big. And I would probably guess you know at least half those people go ahead and splurge, and they're going to go shoot an M16 or an AK47. Mm-hmm. You have a G36. I love that gun. Do y'all so are y'all open Monday through Sunday? Mm-hmm. Open seven days a week. Mondays we open up at noon, uh, close at nine on Tuesday through Saturday. It's uh, ten to nine, and Sundays we open up at noon. Oh, perfect. So, and it's clean. I mean, if you've ever been to a dark, dingy range and you didn't want to take your your, your wife or girlfriend or friends or your mom and dad to a gun range, mm-hmm. you know, this is very well lit. Uh, the uh, AC in our range is absolutely phenomenal. It pulls the smoke away from you. You'll come out of this range and you won't smell like smoke. Right. smoke. There is no smoke downrange. It's very clean. We have a, a very good group of, of certified range personnel that watch over everybody like a hawk Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a very very safe place and you know a lot of people uh if you ever go to a public range that that doesn't have that people there those types of uh, personnel you will appreciate it coming to a place like defender that has really good instruction and just good range personnel that watch the range very carefully make sure everybody is safe that's our number one priority here is to make sure that everybody is safe well, great. Well, uh, I want to thank you, Andrew, for taking some time to talk with us uh, today. Uh, hopefully we will speak with you soon and uh, make these happen a little bit more often. My pleasure. I'm glad we were able to do it today and uh, look forward to our association in the future. Thank you, sir.